Hi, everybody. Dion Major here, CEO of Inside Sales by Design, as well as salesclass.ai. And thank you for joining our podcast, Universal Sales Truths. We started this podcast to share stories and journeys of universal sales truths, meaning what was true to forge a relationship with clients in the past uh, it was true in the past and will be true today and will be true tomorrow. And so it's we're bringing guests to you uh, and speakers that have amazing backgrounds and experience to share pieces and parts of their journey and their stories. And we know that you will be inspired and you will learn something and hopefully get some folks to connect with as well and and. Um, broaden your circle and your network because that's what this life and world is all about are the human connections we make at the end of the day. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for listening to the Universal Sales Truth Podcast. And we hope to hear from you soon. And I know that you're going to leave inspired. Hi, everybody. Dion Major here. I am here with Sam Silverman. Sam and I have known each other for years, um, and he is by far and away amazing and has such an awesome story to share with us today. So you're going to hear all about it today on Universal Sales Truth Podcast. And as always, we know you're going to be inspired. Thanks for joining us. And with that, Sam, it's so nice to chat with you. And we were chatting a little bit before we started. So thank you for being here today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Sam is in the Tampa, Florida area, Tampa Bay, Florida area. I am in Southern California and we met through the AISP many, many moons ago. And so Sam, I love your story and would love if you would share it with us. Um, you know, not maybe uh, just share your story with us. Okay. So always kind of a background in, in sales and, and, and entrepreneurship. And I think they tie very, very, very close together. Yeah. So if you look at kind of growing up, always was the entrepreneurial bug, right? Understood that you can always have far more upside doing things for yourself than for, than for others, right? Mm -hmm. I think doing things for others is a great stepping stone, but I think doing things for yourself gives you the ultimate upside, right? So kind of growing up, um, built a few, a few small businesses, but kind of want to focus more on the career side of it is probably like more relatable to your audience. Um, straight out of college, really did not know what I wanted to do at all. Um, started applying to jobs on, on job boards and walked into an SDR role, right? Those who don't know, SDR, think of top of the, top of the funnel, pipeline builders, right? Callings and appointments where it's a really good job to break into sales and also really good job to break into tech in general, right? Because a lot of these companies take on funding their biggest thing is growing, right? So if you can go book appointments, right? It gets you a good foot in the door. And I think it does a few things as well, right? It gives you a clear scope of what do you want to do, right? You get exposed to marketing, operations, sales, um, product, or all these different areas in the company that you, you may find appealing. I think kind of starting out, you don't really know the direction that you want to go. And there's subsets to each of those categories as well. Um, I think it also gives something really good too is that what you don't want to do. Right. Yeah. Like it gives you clear pictures of like, holy crap, this is absolutely awful. And I never want to do this again. <laughs> and so I think getting both sides of it is is super important. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree with you, Sam. And I always affectionately call our SDR teams, our OBDR teams, the farm team for the rest of the company, because there's so many great intersection points with all the other departments. And so if we can get our, our SDR team function working the right way with onboarding and training and all, you know, the rest of the kit and caboodle that goes with it, I agree with you. I agree with you for sure. Yeah, so. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so same kind of in that first SDR job, it was more of walked into it by accident um, <laughs> and got really lucky. Actually, a lot of my close friends are, are from that company still. Like it's a super close-knit company, you know, um, sub 50 people, right? Very, very startup type company where you're in off the beanbag chairs and, you know, people are pacing around on calls all day. But I think a big reason why that was so beneficial is that in larger companies, you can kind of get lost in the shuffle. I think being in a super small company, if you want to push forward and you have somebody willing to be open to it, really getting time with the executive team is a lot more attainable, yeah. right? So I lived in my CEO's office um, until he kicked me out daily, um, which was, you know, the way I viewed it as well as, you know, that's basically part of your education, yeah. right? It's like taking away what you can from the people that you work with. Um, you know, fast forward five years, I've worked for him three times now. I work for him today still in a different role, but... I think that's a really important thing is like if you have access to good people who are willing to make any kind of investment in you, like take advantage of that in a huge way and seek it out. Yeah. Like anyone who says, you know, the, the career path is on the um, on the manager to go do is, is completely full of it. Like yes. You have to go seek it out. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. I agree with you on, on that for sure. And so yeah, it's that ownership again, right? The ownership and personal accountability and all that good stuff. And um, I think to what you're talking about too is be a sponge, right? And go and seek it out. And not only for ourselves, right? We, we need to own our career and stuff, but at some point we're the ones that have knowledge that we need to share and mentor other people that come to us as well with the same uh, drive and, and wanting to get better. So there's there's a lot of reasons to build out your skill set and hone your craft for sure. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things too, is you start picking up on things that people did for you to help give you an opportunity to get where you are, right? There, there's no people who are going to do it all for you, but I think giving the yourself the chances and opportunities and putting yourself in the right place and people who will support that is super important. But like you're saying, like, I think a big thing that people will see is like, once you start getting the leadership roles, if you do them right, Right. Yeah, you're hitting your number and those kind of things is important, but you start seeing the impact that others have made on you and you're starting to do for other people. And it's all kind of a scaled down approach. Yeah. Right. You know, you have a team of people called 10 people. You can't really impact all 10. Yeah. Like anyone who says says they have a super close relationship with all 10 likely aren't telling you the truth. Right. Yeah. Like you probably have people who don't want that relationship. You have people who really seek it out. And you have people who who you like you just can't connect with. Yeah. But I think those few people that you can, right, you can make a really big impact both in them personally and professionally. And then really picking who you invest your time with for those who will pass that back down, right? Some people in sales are super, super selfish and yeah. nothing's wrong with that, right? There are people I know, multiple seven figure earners who they, all they want to go do is hunt giant deals, but there isn't that desire to give back to the sales community, right? And and nothing's wrong with that, right? Like there's there's... You know, I think there's a huge value for both people and companies. If someone can go sell, you know, 10, 10, $10 million plus deals, right? They should be compensated for it. That's a true path. But I think you really want to pick the people that you can make a huge difference when 
their lives and that they'll pay it forward as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So from the SDR role, did you go into management or leadership? So I went to a second, yeah, I went into a second SDR role um, at Outreach, which was an awesome learning experience, right? That was one of the places where you look at accountability and culture, like they really pushed it, which Mm -hmm. was good, right? Like you were with, you know, 50 other SDRs where the competition was really good, right? So it it pushed you in a sense of the bar was consistently moved up and up of like what the standard of excellence was, um, which was really helpful. Which was, you know, great learning experience, especially think of who in the SDR role do you talk to, right? My conversations all day long were with people in sales leadership roles, right? So you're seeing what people you want to be like, what people you would not want to be like, what people you may want to work for and, and, and others that you want to completely avoid. Yeah. So, you know, great learning experience there. And then from there went on to um actually worked that same ceo again at a company called live person so they're mm-hmm. built up the sdr team from scratch so kind of walked into management by accident um and i think part of that too is being super opportunistic of what you do mm-hmm. like people have these like linear paths that you know have to go here then here then here then here and that doesn't work out that way at all i think you'll you'll find yourself way better off career and financially and fulfillment wise just taking what's in front of you and kind of being open to different scenarios, right? If you would have asked me the time, do you want to go lead SDRs? I would have told you absolutely not. Um, <laughs> and it just wasn't, yeah, like it was when I was younger in sales, it was just very, very a selfish approach to it, right? Yeah. It was very financially driven. It was very, you know, um, me versus them type scenarios, mm-hmm. kind of understanding the other side of the table was a very different experience, right? Definitely some bumps along the way, but mm-hmm. definitely glad that, I did it. Um, and kind of from there, we, we built the team really quickly, right? It was a place that you look at a lot of these, you know, SDR sales teams, they scale with the company growth, right? Where they have to, the company has to grow to keep hiring more people. Um, the production has to be there. But this company was interesting in the sense that they were, you know, $300 million plus in revenue without any SDRs. So the opportunity was there to quickly scale if you deliver. Yeah. Right. I think that that's kind of all you can really ask for in a role is that if you deliver, you keep getting more and more responsibility, right? Where it was the infrastructure was already there, that if and when things went well, they the headcount would come in, in bunches and it did. Um, so so grew the team pretty extensively. We had teams in Tampa, New York, Berlin, London, um, and then also Melbourne. So it, it was a pretty global team in that sense, which comes with a whole other batch of challenges, especially culturally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of too, what I hear you talking about, Sam, is self-awareness, you know, situational awareness, know yourself um, very well. And and one of the things you said really, really resonates where, and and I, I say this with folks too, where, hey, you know what, we don't all get along, right? There are just certain personality types and characteristics and traits that just rub us the wrong way or we rub somebody else the wrong way, right? And so that's where we all need to be mature enough to be able to be respectful to one another. And to what you're talking about too is really listen and hear what people are saying. What can we take away from it? What are they trying to say? How can we give back? Things of that nature. And our, you know, the other piece that I really like what you're saying too is at this point in my career, is it is it incumbent upon me to be selfish because of whatever reasons, right? 
And then also as there's an evolution and you meet people and you learn things and you kind of go on your, your career arc, then maybe there's a time to change some of those things too. So I think these are all really, really important lessons. And so with that, uh, and there's so many from what I hear you saying, but are there like two or three just aha moments where you were going, okay, got it. I can do this now, or now it's time for me to evolve, right? Or kind of take this next step. Well, I think it's more so like this goes back to like one of my big core principles is bet on people all day long versus scenarios where I think a big thing is understanding and having someone. So say you're, you know, a six on on a one to 10, right? Having someone who will put you in a a situation that requires you to go be an eight, right? See that, see then like you're forced to then level up and become that, that higher level role. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing is, is earning that credibility with someone who's willing to take that risk on you to go bet that, that you have the upside in you, right? Where that goes back to betting on people, right? Yeah. Having people who you've done right by, and it's, yeah. it's not in, in, you know, hey, you delivered in a certain scenario. It's more so like the consistent approach of, I can say with full confidence, like this person, we'll, we'll go get their stuff done mm-hmm. and go figure it out yeah. is the biggest thing. So I think putting yourself in scenarios where you can be one of those people that gets that step up chance to go prove yourself. Mm-hmm. Most people don't put themselves in a scenario to, get, to, to, to go get that chance. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people can go do roles higher than they're in, mm-hmm. but they put themselves in a scenario that allows them to have some bet on them to go do that. Right. If you think about it, it's like, if you're, you know, say for example, you're, you're a CRO of a startup and you have someone going to be a first time manager or go have someone to be a first time, you know, leader of a larger team, you need to go take a risk in that person, right? It's a bet. Every promotion, every hire is an educated bet. And I think the more reasons you give someone to have confidence in you to go do that, that you'll deliver, right? Like the the delta between what you say you're going to do and what you actually do, the smaller that is, the better off you'll be in those scenarios. And also think about it from like a busy executive leader, you don't have a lot of time, right? Like you have a lot of stuff on your plate. And if you can help take things off that plate where like, hey, I got it and you actually get it done. There's a massive amount of value from not having to go think, you know, is this person actually going to get this stuff done that, that they said they are and I have to go worry about it and micromanage that? Executives, at least the ones I've enjoyed working for and I've seen perform well, are the furthest thing from micromanagers, right? It's purely performance-based. It's purely, you know, do the stuff you say you're going to do. And if that happens, you're in great standing. I 100% agree with you on that. And in talking with folks, um, and talking with teams, like, hey, your manager isn't supposed to be sending you a follow-up after the meeting. We're adults, and it's kind of like being in class if you've gone through college or anything, right? You, you're in class, you take notes, you write down your homework, right? That's how this works. And so to your point, it's that accountability too. And so if you're in a meeting, everybody kind of takes their action items. There might be a recap or whatever, but there's, there's an essence of ownership and driving kind of your own stuff for sure. So there is. Yeah. And it's, it's also like, you think about it too. It's just kind of going back to notes and kind of holding yourself accountable. Like if you can Google something and find the answer, never, ever ask an executive that question. Yes. <laughs> right. Like those are, you have, you know, I always call it social capital yeah. that you can go use internally to get stuff done or position yourself and people take risks on you. And if you're asking questions like that, that are super simple, right? Like things you can go Google or things that 
you can easily go pull up from whatever internal platform you have to go to go look things up is you're burning that social capital in a big way. And the first thing an executive can think is if they need me to get the approval on something they probably already know, if they make actual big decisions, I just, why wouldn't I choose myself? Pretty much. I 100% agree with you on that. And yeah, don't, don't ever ask a question you can find on the internet. Right. So yeah, I agree. Um, and so with that, so if you had to kind of encapsulate and talk about just for today, as of today, top of mind, a universal sales truth that you would talk with teams about, right? Or is what kind of one of your core values? What would that be for today? So I think there's two things, right? One is do the work up front. Like if you look at kind of back to say when I was at outreach, right? Mm -hmm. And there were 50 SDRs. If you look at any given month or quarter, I would never be outside of the top one or two people. Mm -hmm. And it was the work you do up front goes a very, very, very long way. Mm -hmm. Where when we first started working there, like I locked myself in a room by working 80, 100 hours a week. But then from there, like you can go coast and still be in a position way better than everyone. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's if you put the work in up front and are willing to kind of, for lack of better terms, eat shit for a period of time. Right. Mm -hmm. You're much better standing longer term. I think that applies to life in general, too. Like yeah. if you can go sprint for five years, like those next 30 or 40 years look a hell of a lot different than than if you were jogging the whole time. And mm -hmm. people don't want to do that up front because I think it's almost like a Richter scale. Right. Like the, the harder, the more you work up front, the more it snowballs in the back end, the harder it is to do that work up front each you know, hour, whatever you put into it. And people don't want to go invest that kind of time upfront or commitment to it. And they kind of want it gradually. So I think that if you're willing to do the work ahead of time, it will carry over in a big way. And if you look at it in sales, like sales is not even playing field, right? If you do well, you get the better leads, right? You get the better accounts, better territory. And if you do that work upfront, you get lucky far more often because you're that go-to person for things. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and, and I agree with you. And I think there's a, a, a colleague of mine called it being a proven commodity. To, and, and it's the accountability, right? If, if I work with this person, I know what's going to happen at the end of the day, right? Versus, oh, we should just spread everything out like peanut butter. That's yeah. appropriate, number one. And number two, it's a very internally inward, inwardly focused approach versus I want to put the best person, the best qualified person in a position to have the best conversation with our clients because it's about the customer experience as well. And so we want that, that motion and that thought process as well, right? And I agree with you, the whole, it's not fair, so-and-so gets leads and I don't and so on and so forth. It's like, well, put the work in and do the work to have the right results. And then everybody gets better at the end of the day. Yeah, like if you look at it, kind of like if you look at, you know, any kind of racing, right? For example, if you can create separation up front, it's a lot easier to maintain your position than it is to go take it back from someone else. So I think that if you do it up front and kind of brand yourself that way, one, it carries with you for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, your internal brand based on performance way more things go your way. Like the 50-50 balls go your way all day long by being someone who gets stuff done, does what you say you're going to do and, and performs. And in sales too, like I think why it's 
probably the best career you can go have is it's a pure meritocracy in the right place, mm-hmm. right? Where it's strictly based on performance, right? It's strictly based on, you know, age doesn't matter, tenure doesn't matter. Some places it does, and, and those aren't places you should likely stay. But I think you're like in the right place, in like a good sales community, good sales organization to work in, it is solely based on performance, right? It is solely based on, you know, deliverables of your numbers versus mm-hmm. activities versus all these other things that are peripherals that don't matter if the performance is there. Yeah. Assuming you're, you know, not making things difficult for anyone else or like a culturally poor fit. Um, yeah. But if you're doing your stuff and you're yeah. still being a team player in some sense, you're not causing issues, like you can do whatever you want if you perform well in sales and have that, that meritocracy given to you versus being in an environment that you need to, you know, at this year mark, we can look at your promotion or whatever it may be. It's, it takes the whole, that side of it away. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So you mentioned two things. So what was the second one? I think the second thing is get really good at doing things that people don't enjoy doing mm. and go very deep in those areas. Like I think, we put too much of a focus on in general of people focusing on things that are weaknesses, like double down on your strengths all day long and get good at things people hate doing. Like if you look at it, I think prospecting is a big one, right? In the SDR world, like it's not a, it's not a glorified role by any means, but if you look at it as, you know, I'm right out of college or I'm switching careers and I want to get into management really quickly. Like you can get an extra management in sub a year in the right company if, if you go bust your ass. So like, I think that's a really quick way to have a seat at the table, right? And to kind of prove yourself with lower stakes to work so you can kind of get more aggressive up front. Um, but yeah, if you figure out things that people don't like doing, people will pay accordingly to make sure that you're doing those things versus them. And then going really deep in areas that you have a core competency in. Like for example, actually, I can kind of tell your story about this. We were at, a um, company meeting, I don't know, six, 12 months ago. And one of our top sales reps, they were saying that, been talking about Excel, right? Like doing Excel. And the conversation came up, it's like, why would you ever spend your time getting good at that when you can go outsource that for $9 an hour on Upwork, right? Like your time should be spent working on super, super high value activities, right? right? Figuring out how to get better at presenting to executives figuring how you get better at profiling people to go sell, right? Like it's, it's getting really, really good at those strengths you already have versus worrying about, Hey, I have a little gap here right. when that gap is not tied to your personal bottom line or your company's bottom line in any way. Right. I, yeah, I think that perspective too is super important to have for sure. For sure. I love it. Um, so Sam, one of the things we always talk about on this podcast too, is the power of connections and people like you were talking about bet on people. And so we always do a call to action to make sure folks connect with me on LinkedIn, my cell phone numbers there. There's a link to my calendar, all that good stuff, email. So Sam, what's the best way for folks to get in touch with you as well? So definitely LinkedIn. I'm super active on LinkedIn. I respond quickly. Um, yeah, definitely LinkedIn is the best way. Okay. Let's do it. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Universal Sales Truth Podcast. We know you've got some great value out of this. Make sure you're connecting with me, Sam, and take some lessons learned and outwork and outperform everybody else. Sam, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today for the Universal Sales Truth Podcast. Uh, Please make sure that you subscribe to our podcast so you're notified of updates. 
You can also find this content on the Inside Sales by Design YouTube channel. Uh, so make sure you take a look at that. It'll also be in the salesclass.ai platform for you and your teams. And please make sure to reach out and connect with myself and the speaker you heard today individually. We look forward to seeing you again soon. And contact us if there's anything you specifically want to hear or know about. Thank you so much and enjoy your day.